Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell. I'm here in the studio with my co-host Karen Cassian. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Noreen. And we're pleased to welcome us with us today, Nicole Kitchen. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning. Thank Nicole you for is, joining us, yeah, Nicole. Thank you. Nicole is the new executive director of the Muskoka Arts and Crafts Organization in Bracebridge and, ser- and, and serving Muskoka. <laughs> thank you so much. Welcome. We know, Nicole, that you moved to Bracebridge uh, in the summer of 2020, not so mm-hmm. long ago. Yes. What did you know about the town and the Chapel Gallery and Muskoka Arts and Crafts before that time? Uh, so I grew up um, at, coming up to the cottage on Raven Lake, my grandparents owned as a child, and I always loved Muskoka. It's always felt like home. Uh, my husband and I, we sort of grew up in Elliott Lake. I moved around a lot before moving there, but that was our home base. And so um, we lived in Toronto for about 15 years prior to moving up and would spend our holidays coming up in the summers because we knew eventually, especially after having our son Oliver, that we wanted to make Muskoka home. So we would travel to the different communities and go in and talk to different business owners just to get a feel for, you know, what was happening in all of these beautiful towns. And uh, we really fell in love with Bracebridge. So we knew before the pandemic hit that Bracebridge was where we wanted to be. Um, And this was before your job as well? This was before my job, yeah. So and you met your husband by chance, and from and he's from Elliot Lake, also. I well, thought, found that interesting. Well, Elliot Lake is very small. <laughs> yes. So, what are the chances of you meeting him in Toronto? Well, so Elliot Lake only has roughly twelve thousand people. So we grew up going to high school together, hanging out. So you at, knew him? Oh yes. Oh, you did. We've know known him. each other since we were in grade five, and so. He, we kind of had the same timing. Like we both moved to Toronto in our early twenties, and he would play gigs throughout Toronto. And as an Elliot Laker, I would go support. And sometimes we'd end up in the same circles. Uh, Your husband's a musician. He's a musician. Yes. So the you, you Elliot Lakers would hang out together in Toronto. Yeah, we're a oh, tight knit okay. group. So we would support each other, and so I would see him throughout the years. We always were in relationships, so we never connected that way and then yeah in our 30s actually just before I turned 30 I think um we ended up at a art show together funny enough and reconnected and decided we should hang out sometime and the rest is history that's great that's great (laughs) so so you found a house so we yeah so we really wanted to move up here but his career was sort of taking off in Toronto. I was very busy project managing. And, you know, we thought about doing the cottage thing, but financially, that would have been really tough. And also, when would we come up if he was gigging every weekend? So we knew that we needed to just make the move. And when everything shut down and COVID hit, it was our opportunity to leave. So, um, yeah, we started coming up and we found something sort of right away. 
actually we lost out on one bed which I'm really glad because that house was too small for us (laughs) now that I look back and uh yeah we found this great spot and you you bought at the right time and we bought at the right Mm -hmm. time right before everything went crazy Mm -hmm. and we moved up in July and had a bit of work to do and met all of our neighbors and met some amazing friends that we now have today and found our community so oh that's wonderful you're settling in well yeah, yes. yeah, we feel really, really, really lucky. Can you tell us a bit about your background and um, why you'd even apply for a job like the executive director? I mean, you, you have obviously you have a lot of experience in various areas that would make you feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm, so I grew up surrounded by artists. My mom's an artist, and a lot of our friends are artists and musicians. Uh, so I felt really connected to that world. And then um, I went to school for interior design and then got out of school and um, got a position with H&M as um, I was sort of like an assistant project manager, moved my, worked my way up to project management, did that for roughly 10 years, and then decided after the birth of my son to move over to a general contracting position because I wanted more experience doing different jobs just because building H&M stores was very specific. Um, And I also knew eventually I'd want to move and I needed to have this general construction experience. So I built restaurants, stores, and then the last project I worked on before I left at Christmas was the Royal Hotel in Picton, Prince Edward County. That's a beautiful area. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And this hotel was, it's amazing. So if you're looking for an escape, that's a great place to go. Um, and they have an amazing arts community. But the whole project was like an art project because everything, you know, there's finishes on every surface. It's so beautiful. Uh, but it was very overwhelming. And to work on that during COVID was really tough with all the shutdowns. I was traveling every week from Bracebridge oh to... Oh my goodness, that's a long way. It was very mm-hmm. long. So it, I would go Minden, Halliburton, Bancroft, oh. Belleville. Um, And so that became really, that was a lot after two years and I was leaving my family a lot and decided once that job handed over that it was time for a change. And I really wanted to do something that gave back to the community and made me feel like I was contributing. Um, And I think it's also really exciting to just change, you know, change and like learn new skills and And so my sister, funny enough, over Christmas, I was looking for jobs, sent me the job posting for Mac. And And they'd been looking for quite a while. Yeah, which I didn't know. But the job had closed already. And so she sent it and I thought, this looks amazing. This looks like a perfect job Mm -hmm. for me. And uh, I decided to apply anyways. And they contacted me the next day. We had an interview the day after that. I had a job offer by the end of the week. (laughs) So so it it was very fast. You also have uh, worked with your musician husband as well, right? You were mentioning. Yeah, so I manage uh, I manage him, all of his bookings and his website and social media. He's not so great at social media. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and now we've actually started music lessons in Bracebridge and hope to start a music school and maybe bring on other musicians eventually is the goal. And that's going really well. So, um, Would you like to mention his name so people know about the music lessons? Uh, Liam Kearney. So he does, you can check out the Liam Kearney show um, and we have a page on his website uh, for lessons. So 
yes, you can contact us by email if you're looking for a teacher. <laughs> what okay. a wild ride you've had. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you're settled in Bracebridge. Yes. You began your position with Mac just this year, about five months ago. Yes. Uh, what do you see as your role now? And it's so early in your tenure, I know that. Yeah. But what is your vision for the short and the long term? So I see my role as sort of, you know, a supporter of all of our Mac members and making sure that we're able to pr- promote and support them in the best ways. So whether that's through social media, reaching out to different organizations, um, you know, and being able to sort of expose them to other markets. So I've been doing a lot of networking with um, people in Toronto, like Craft Ontario, the Harbour Front. So eventually I would love to be able to, you know, do some do some cool art exchanges with different organizations um, so we can get a bit more exposure and, um, you know, managing the website where we highlight a lot of the shows and obviously through the art exhibitions and the summer show. So, yeah, I, I just as much as we can expose our artists and, you know. There was a concerted effort to find new board members. Is the board full now? No, we're still looking for board members. So if anybody's interested, we are definitely taking applications and welcome welcome new members. Tell us about the changes at Chapel Gallery. So when I came into the Chapel Gallery... Um, it was still closed? It was still closed. So I guess it had been closed for two years. And uh, yeah, we just gave it a refresh. We came in and um, we got rid of the reception desk at the front um, just to sort of open up the space. And then the back room, um, which used to be the office, we also gave it a little renovation and uh, got rid of all the furniture. We moved to the permanent collection up, which was sort of in the stairwell and basement and gave it a refresh. So that's open to the public, that area? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's all open to the public now. So Tuesdays to Saturdays, 10 to 5, we're open, and anybody can come by and visit and have a coffee. That's great. I look forward to that. Yeah, yes. so do I. We're going to come back and talk more with Nicole Kitchen, Executive Director of Muskoka Arts and Craft. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. We're back on Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell with Karen Cassian, and our guest today is Nicole Kitchen. And Nicole was talking about some changes she's done at Chapel Gallery. I'd like to talk now a little bit more about the annual summer show. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, there was a, a lot of changes that happened for Mac and including the closure of Chapel Gallery, as you mentioned. How important is the summer annual show to Muskoka Arts and Crafts? Extremely important. So the summer show is really our biggest fundraiser through the year that sort of helps Mac move forward and grow. And so the fact that it's been closed the last two years has been really challenging. Mm And you've, you've made a change now for how people go to the show. You've, you've gone from uh, donations to a, a, a ticket that you buy ahead of time or at the door. Yeah. So um, there's uh, many reasons that we've done that. And people have been asking, you know, why. So I'd love to share. Uh, so one of the reasons when we first started planning the summer show this year and deciding whether or not we could do it because we started um, the moment I came on board, Um, In February. In February. And things were still very much closed. Um, So 
our initial thought was let's make this a ticket event so in the event that the show can't happen or we have to go to a timed entry which we were thinking we would need to do uh, we would have those contacts so that we could reach out to everybody and really um, make sure that there weren't too many people in the space at one time even though it's outdoor and then um, so we set that up right away and then sort of as things progressed we realized we didn't need to do the timed entry and everything's opened up since however in the past um, there wasn't really a great way to track how many people were actually coming to the show so that's very important for us uh, we don't have the analytics of who's coming where are they coming from and what are the age groups? How do we, you know, market to... Can you get emails at the same time? That sort of thing? Yeah. Right? So tying all of that mm-hmm. in moving forward is just really important. Um, we also really need to make sure we cover our costs, as everybody knows. To me, it seems like a smart thing to do to go to a ticket, especially yeah. since since COVID, you know, set and you back for two years. as well. Yeah. <laughs> to going to, the, to buying your ticket entry. Yes. ahead of time yes so mm-hmm. the ticket um yeah i mean it's seven dollars ahead of time it'll be ten dollars th- at the door um and then the seven dollars gets you access for the whole weekend and for families what do you do five and under is free okay um so we tried to keep it as low as possible mm-hmm. but just to sort of guarantee that we can cover all of our costs with mm-hmm. all the rising costs of i mean every rental has gone up it's really hard to get um a lot of different you know, it, it, it sounds like you've you've turned it into more of a festival event where you have buskers and you have yeah. food trucks and you have beer, um, yeah, crop beer. Yeah. So one of the things um, I've been working with Conal O'Regan, who's been helping me out a ton because um, he's been part of previous shows and I really felt like it was important to have somebody the continuity yeah mm-hmm. and uh, he had lots of great ideas and um, we're re- very much on the same page so we actually are going to tie the food vendors into the show this year fence off the whole area including the p- playground that's really that, that's really yeah. that's really big yeah. Yeah. yeah I know that from and watching what happens in the parking area yeah, <laughs> yeah we just want them to feel part of the event and make it easy for the vendors too like when they want to go grab food they don't have to leave now that it's ticketed like it will be a fenced in area um we're also um licensing it so we're going to bring in some breweries and hopefully a local winery which i'm working on right now great for parents if one can go and watch look at shows while the other one watches the kids in the playground i think that's just all really smart yeah so the idea is you can grab a drink. The focus is still very much the vendors, yes. that, you know, the artists. We want to make sure they're getting as much exposure as possible. So you can grab a drink. You can still walk around and shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have um, some musicians and different programming throughout the show uh, so that people can enjoy some music as they're walking around. But there won't be a beer tent. There won't be a specific stage. It'll all be integrated. So it feels, yeah, that's great. And like 20,000 people come to this. Does that scare you? Uh, <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> well, 200 juried artists. Does that scare you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very busy getting everything ready for sure. Um, I'm in the thick of event planning and I, I just really hope it's a success. Mostly, you know, for the artists that are all bringing all of their work and setting up and who haven't been able to sell for two years. People who have been hiding during COVID are are ready to get out there and ready to buy art and ready to be around people. We've been 
did the beer festival in Huntsville. People just yeah. want to be out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're going to have a good audience for sure. Yeah. And We're really excited about mm-hmm. it. I have a few questions about the revenue part of it. Um, yes. Does an artist pay? I know the applications are out for the 2023 roster of artists that will show uh, the option, have the opportunity to show in Chapel Gallery. Mm-hmm. Do they pay a fee to do that? No. So there is a percentage whether you're a MAC member or a non-member. So it's 20% for a member. For commissions? Yes, and then 30% for a non-member. We also are investing, um, investigating, you know, moving towards Carfax fees, which I think is really important. Um, That's paying the artist to show. Yes, which I just, I feel very strongly about, especially having so many artists in my family. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that artists are getting paid to set up their shows and you know if they don't sell any artwork at least they are guaranteed to be paid so that's something that um i've reached out to the ontario arts council about and hope that we can do in the future so does bracebridge have a municipal accommodation tax yes uh where visitors who in who are paying tourism like in tax i don't know about that actually that'll be it's usually um the hotels and motels would apply yeah. a tax okay. to the accommodation. Yeah, I'm not sure. That would go back into the promotion of cultural tourism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you con- you know the concept of co- uh, cultural tourism. I'm sure you, you innately know that by bringing in visitors who stay overnight, they spend yeah. more money yeah. and uh, they get to know the place and talk about it. And that money goes back into promoting uh, people coming and staying longer. Mm-hmm. I hope we do that. I'll have to ask. <laughs> put that on your list. I'll put that on my list. <laughs> Huntsville has it, and it's been very beneficial. Yes, yes, yes. There's some sometimes a, a little bit of objection in terms of uh, what will this do? You know, to especially mm-hmm. during inflationary times, will people want to? Will they be willingly coming to pay and pay extra that tax? It's always a little bit of a balancing thing but it's worked out very well for us during the pandemic yeah do you see collaborations with uh neighboring uh towns uh uh, bracebridge absolutely i think that's one of our biggest goals and focuses over the next year is to really get out in the communities around us and you know we really want to be focused on you know collaborating with different organizations from huntsville to gravenhurst and Port Carling and and just reaching out and finding out how we can, you know, be a part of like their Christmas shows or Mm -hmm. spring shows and and how we can share and and also bring them into the Chapel Gallery in Bracebridge. And you've met Dan Watson, the executive director of um, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts. I think that's a really good start for you because he's a creative genius and uh, he is and he's he knows it all. And also the Huntsville Art Society, I hope you reach out to them. You said earlier that you yes. were, were going to do that. I hope to connect with them very soon. Mm-hmm. That's yes. great. Maybe after the summer show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read that you received an interior lighting design award from the Illuminating Engineering Society of North America in September yes. 2017. What project was that in reference to? That was the flagship H&M store at Young and Dundas. So we'll have to look for that. Yeah, you can't miss it. If you go downtown Toronto, it is the big lit up building on the corner. Isn't it the Eaton Centre? It is the Eaton Centre. That was, I worked on that project. That was also a monster. Um, And I worked on that while I was pregnant with my son. So that was... (laughs) 
And <laughs> does it represent a solo effort or is that a, a lot of team stuff? Uh, so I was the lead project manager and then I had my construction manager who I worked really closely and then I had the general contractor and um, the general contractor Structure Corp is actually who I moved over to after my mat leave. Yeah. So you have a lot of experience working with disparate elements. Yes. <laughs> so I think you're in a good place in Bracebridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you have a very busy life and mm-hmm. a full-time job and an extra job. And uh, yes. Have you been able to do any hobbies or anything of your own <laughs> personal interests? I like to garden. I would love to be able to make art again at some point. <laughs> what kind of art did you do in the past? Uh, I just, I liked painting. I love pottery. Um, but it's just, yeah, finding the time is very difficult mm-hmm. right now. So Especially with a child. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Whenever we start our projects, he kind of takes them over. So I'll be like really trying to put some effort into it, but he usually just like colors yeah. all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your time for that. I can no, tell. and you know, talking to so many Mac members who are, you know, older and their children are older, it sounds like everybody sort of gets into that groove Mm -hmm. after their children have left. So I'm hopeful that that will be my path as well. My mom Mm -hmm. did the same. She kind of waited until we were all old enough and then Mm -hmm. went back to art school in Elliott Lake and she still is pursuing her art career. So... There's only so much you can do, and you sound like you're you're happy and, and passionate about what you're doing now. So Yes, I am very much. I also think you can draw upon your experience in retail design and merchandising to help promote and publicize what mm-hmm. Mac does. Yes. So I wondered if you would tell us, do you, what do you do in terms of social media, and how can people find out more about Mac? Yeah, so if you want to find out more about Mac, you can follow us on Instagram, Muskoka Arts and Crafts, uh, our Facebook page, the website, and I'm just, I'm always trying to keep it as current as possible um, and and letting everybody know what's happening. I've also, uh, we do have a Muskoka Arts and Crafts newsletter, so you can go to our homepage and follow us at the bottom. Uh, do you have to be a member to? to no, no, no you good. can, you okay. can receive the newsletter even if you're not a member. I've been struggling to sort of get the newsletter out um, just with everything else that's happening at the moment. So please bear with me. <laughs> um, and you know, the Huntsville Art Society has a new newsletter also that goes out to 250 people. So you might want to get on that one. I think I have that one already. You have that? Good yeah, I get quite a few newsletters. So okay. I try to I try to stay on top of them for okay. sure. <laughs> so there was quite a lengthy one recently from your uh, MAC president, Virginia Hastings, yes. that came out to us with a lot of uh, major points there about where the where the organization is going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She really just wanted to connect with all of, you know, everybody that's following Mac, but all of our Mac members. And really the big focus of um, her note was, you know, you can help us. You can help us promote the summer show, which in the end benefits all of our local artists. So, so we would be remiss if we didn't mention when it takes place. Yes, exactly. And and sharing it with friends. And if you have your own newsletter, sharing it in your newsletter. And whether or not you're even intending, wanting to attend the show, just buying the ticket for $7 is a huge support. So mm-hmm. I would encourage everybody to uh, Sharing a is a big one, though. People look at it, on, mm-hmm. but they're not big on sharing. I, I see that a lot. Yeah. 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 So... Um, so let's can just I, say can, when it takes place. Can I just, before that, ask how many members there are in Mac? Uh, we have about 300 members right okay. now. So right. Thank you. Yeah. That's good to know. We're and welcoming back lots. Plus, yes. <laughs> That's great. So the summer show takes place? The summer show 
takes place July 15th to the 17th, and it's 10 till 6 on Friday and Saturday and 10 till 4 on the Sunday. And that's at Annie Williams Park. And that's at Annie Williams Park, In yes. Bracebridge. And if anybody's worried about parking, um, I think they did solve a lot of problems in 2019. So we do have a very thorough traffic plan that we've been working on with the district and the town. Worked very well. Worked very well, yes. Wow. And, uh, and so that will be in place again this year. So we hope um, we'll be able to eliminate a lot of those problems in the backup to Highway 11. We wish That's you good. well, especially yes. with the summer show. And yeah, we're going to thank come up you to for Chapel. coming on our show. We appreciate that. We're going to yeah. come over to Chapel Gallery and visit you. Yes, please yes. do. I invite everybody to come visit. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Take care. Karen, we're going to talk about some of the events that are happening around town. Okay. Well, first of all, in the performing arts, the Dragonfly Theater in Bracebridge is. Uh, right now has California Suite um, happening, a play, and it's June 1st to the 4th and the 8th to 11th. Um, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts has a Huntsville art crawl that's happening from June 1st to the 30th, and that's, I think, I, I saw 60 artists um, with businesses in the downtown, and every Wednesday there's a Wednesday walkabout, and you, we start out at the uh, HFA studio at 5 o'clock, and if you're interested in that, come to the studio at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays during June, and we walk around town and then go for a drink afterwards. We're doing that this Wednesday. Um, June 15th and 16th, more barn out at the Hillside Barn, the, celebrating the music of Neil Young. That's Tobin Springs and his band. Uh, June 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Landed Arts Festival is happening out at the Hillside Barn on Highway 60. Uh, there'll be visual arts and music and beer trucks and food trucks, and that's going to be a great event. Um, June 21st to 26th, there's a group of, of seven canoe murals in River Mill Park. And uh, I think that's it for um, for June. I'm not going to go into July yet, but how about visual arts? Oh, I was interested to see in the Huntsville Art Society newsletter that the town of Bracebridge and the BIA are inviting artists to submit an expression of interest for the creation of outdoor murals on the north-facing wall of the Norwood Theatre. So that looks interesting, and people can go to bracebridge.ca bids and tenders to find out more about that opportunity. In Huntsville, in the Partners Hall, the current show is in A Pursuit of Light by Marika McDonald. It's a beautiful show. It's a if very you haven't lovely been there. show. It sure is. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the Summit Centre, running until the middle of this month of June, there will be the Jeff Miller um, retrospective of his work. And those works will be on auction on August the 1st at Erewhon Pines. Oh, it is? I thought, okay. Yes, that's been determined. So okay. the next show that will follow in the Summit Center will be the Huntsville Art Society Summer at the Summit. So that's to look forward to. I also wanted to mention Brackenrig Nursery and Maintenance. Um, they are having their sustainable education event dates days throughout the summer, one per month. And the next one is coming up on June 25th. And that will be the wild side, inviting the wild into your garden. And that will be a foraging event. But they have an art market at each of one. these. Mm -hmm. And then followed by Saturday, July 16th, honoring Mother Earth. So look forward to uh, seeing something kind of different at the nursery. Mm -hmm. And I also want to bring up new adventures in sound art. Um, the, they have a, a whole raft of things coming up from June 23rd to September 26th with their Sound Travels Festival of Sound Art. And this is in South River. 
and they also have um, <clears throat> installations on during that period and look forward to World Listening Day on July 17th. And so that's NASA, New Adventures in Sound Art, N-A-I-S-A dot C-A. So look for that. I think that's all I have for now, but that's a lot going on, and there's just look for art everywhere. Thank you again, Nicole, for joining us. Thank you so much. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We We are are Muskoka. Muskoka.